Oh, this is definitely a not safe for work podcast. It is called Vagina. Yeah. Welcome to Vaginas, by the way. <laughs> what do I want to talk about, guys? Well, I figured we could talk about our goals from last week. Tell us about your uh, vagina monologue poetry slam again. <laughs> yeah, one day. Once we, once we start incorporating alcohol into our podcasting sessions, that's when that'll happen. Um, but yeah, like, no, I had jokingly said this to Julie, and I'm just going to say it out loud. We don't have to do it. But I jokingly said to Julie, like, we should start the podcast saying, this is my favorite sex toy, this is my net worth, and this is the birth control I use. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's so terrible. My birth control is being lesbian. That's so beautiful. That's, that's the best Th- birth that's control. That's great birth control. Though, but still. The only reliable method. <laughs> the only, truly. <laughs> uh, in different ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's a great answer to that question. Mine's like total uh, hysterectomy might be on par with yeah. reliability. It has downsides, <laughs> though. I know, but like. It's, effects. See, you're not like, going to get pregnant, though. But being celibate also, but you also aren't going to, you know, enjoy sex. So I feel like being celibate is not reliable, though. No one actually does that. (laughs) What? Enjoy sex? (laughs) Saying all the other methods have downsides that make it not worth it. Yes. So like celibacy, you're not having sex. Being a lesbian, you're having sex, but not having kids. Mm -hmm. Having a hysterectomy, you have cognitive decline. But what's the cost associated? (laughs) (laughs) I love that intro idea. I do not know my net worth. And I don't know the specifics on some of my favorite sex toys. Like brand or name. <laughs> like this I know in my head. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can use it. <laughs> I mean, you the gotta season, be about it. The season finale. We'll just tease the entire time that we're gonna tell them our favorite sex toy and that's on the season finale well i gotta keep listening (laughs) what we have to do is we hint to it and then we get the sex toy makers to sponsor the show Mm. for the grand reveal we can't be dropping (laughs) names and giving them free advertising that's true you're right you're right this is good business thoughts um yeah, I do like the idea of talking about how we have failed financially so far. Like fa- failures we've made? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, here's how, here's how I'm failing and still failing. <laughs> have I got some experience for you? I have so much frivolous spending to talk to y'all about since the last time we were together. <laughs> yeah, hey, these don't count as frivolous because these are making me feel very important. You may need to be closer to the mic, Tay. Oh, uh, yeah. Is this good? We're not recording though, right? Oh, we're, we're always we're recording the yet. whole time. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> yeah. I thought the purpose of the first couple recordings was we were just gonna blanket record everything, and then we'd go back later and potentially edit these into something useful, or it would never happen that way, and it would just be used as getting us in the flow. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we'll get comfortable with our cute little honeybees. And I um, love these. I've already said fuck once, now twice. So, oh, this is this is a not a safe for work podcast. It is called Vaginance. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to Vaginance. By the way, <laughs> it could have been Vaginance. Vaginance. <laughs> what would Vaginance be about? Vag vagabonds. Vag. Vag. Van life. One time, my mom. Called- <laughs> One time my mom called me a fagabond. <laughs> like, wow, that, that was um, actually mom, really on that. point. Yeah, I was like, I actually really like that mom. Can we start the episode with that? <laughs> what a brand. That's incredible. I look it up. That that URL is already taken. It's oh. by um like a gay cruise company. Um. Okay, so we should probably introduce ourselves. Um, no, <laughs> we, we are nameless. You and we you are faceless. Uh, Becca will introduce all of, of us. How one might introduce themselves for oh, this we podcast. Come up with, like, it's like, I live in Austin, Texas. Yeah. I have zero kids. I'm going like, to provide as little this personal. Is now, this is now The Bachelor. I'm very open to telling, like, I, I'll talk about any sexual experience y'all want, um, in my money and all that, but I will not tell people, like, 
<laughs> like where, where I live. That's <laughs> fair. That's wise after telling them about all of your sexual experiences. Yeah, here's what I'm worth, and here's what I'll do in bed. <laughs> like negative five hundred thousand dollars and anything. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird to imagine uh, introducing. Well, okay, so I guess like the idea of this podcast is that we're talking very openly about things that pe- women or people might feel um, uncomfortable talking openly about. And so they have the opportunity to listen to four people who might be very relatable to them talk about these things openly. Um, so we can talk about our personal financial situation if we want. Um, or if y'all want to warm up to that, we can do that. Or we can... Yeah, talk about as long as like female anatomy is discussed regularly. I've got some things. <laughs> it's an important to talk part of about. finance. What? <laughs> We're breaking taboos. <laughs> I prefer my portfolio to have the shape of curves of a female body. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, do y'all want to talk about like net worth and specifics like that, or would you rather not do that? Net worth is a hard one because there's like. I don't 20 know. 20 different ways to calculate it. Look at your Mint app. I mean, it would give me a general idea, but I also have my own spreadsheets. And I think Julie and I were talking the other day that we each calculate our net worth in at least three different ways. Mm. Yeah. So who I'm knows? I'm sure my net worth is like negative five. Well, no, that's like one of them is like negative $300,000. So it's like. Um, yeah, well, it's up to you. Yeah, I just, wh- how how open do y'all want to be, I guess, is the question. Like, do we want to lay everything out, like, our financial situation, or do we want to keep it more, like, conceptual? Oh, I'm an open book. Yeah, I, I'm I pretty open, yeah. My... I'm feeling very yeah. open. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And I um, feel like we can always decide later, too. If we yeah. Take that book. Um, what were you going to say, Max? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, uh, part of the reason I feel good about being open is because we're also not, it's, like, not going to be a snapshot. We're telling, like, our stories, too. Right. So it's, like, you know, I might be here. It'll be interesting to start this podcast now, and then if we do keep doing it, look at it really? in you know, revisit our net worth and our story in a year or two years yeah. and see how it's changed. So that's part of why I'm like, yeah, let's just fucking go for it. Let's just dive yeah, in. I love it. I love it. And it's like, if I learned anything from your money or your life, uh, it's that you got to be brutally fucking honest about your financial situation or nothing's going to change. I definitely have some things I want to talk about in relation to that book. Yeah. So also, that was that. so smooth. <laughs> what? Your transition. <laughs> so not only did I not read the book, <laughs> I started reading the wrong book. What did you start reading instead? No, she was listening to a summary of the wrong book. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to cheat this whole thing. <laughs> She almost hacked the system. She almost oh. did it. So, <laughs> so what did you learn, Taylor, in your other book? Yeah, fill us in. <laughs> I started listening to a summary of The Simple Path to Wealth. Okay. Also a great book. Also a great book. And I thought I was like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> I listened to like the first three chapters and I was like, I get it. He said he laid it all out. I'm good. <laughs> and then Becca comes up and I was like, yeah, I'm listening to the summary. She's like, <laughs> I believe I said that's awesome. But just so you know. Because <laughs> I mean, we do talk about both books a lot. That's true. There, it was that's. <laughs> It's not like you went totally off genre. Because like, there is like a crime fighting. I thought yeah. you were reading Prince's Diary. <laughs> no, when I was looking up Your Money or Your Life, there's like a mystery novel called that. <laughs> so that's, that that's my goal for the next podcast is to have read the mystery novel. <laughs> the mystery novel. <laughs> your Money, Your Life. Available on the free library app. If, yeah. I feel like it's supposed to be said really sinisterly though. Like Your Money or Your Life. <laughs> Probably. Well, it was an audiobook. We could find out how they say it. <laughs> Just do a dramatic. Um, so you didn't find a summary, Taylor, for the actual book? <laughs> oh, but- no, I did then listen to that hour long podcast 
where they interview her. The Mad Scientist episode. Oh. And I, I did type some main concepts and takeaways from podcast. that. Yeah. Because that gives you the feel of like her overall mission and like her view of money. Yeah. But like really with the book, well, yeah, I mean, the book just gets into like, if you want to do anything about your finances, you have to do all these calculations that are going to make you feel pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> but you like got to do them. I never want to actually know what I'm spending on a daily oh, basis. Oh, but you have to know. Every so one cent- thing. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I was going to. No, please. No, please. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I did write down that I really liked that she said was she said, watching your pennies is a spiritual practice for living in a material world. Mm. And I thought that was very um, profound. Sounds like a Madonna song. It does. <laughs> I'm watching you. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. It's fine. <laughs> we'll workshop that later. Um, yeah, she's very much like you have to look at what you're spending. Like there is no like cheat or way around it. Like you have to know what you're spending every day, all the time. And is that is that money equate equal what your energy is that you're putting out to earn it? Like all of this energy that I'm putting into working is this – thing that I'm buying worth that energy in my time, which I hate looking at. I don't want to know. I want to separate that in my mind because it's just not fun otherwise. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. That was your second read through of the book, right? So have you started any of those actual uh, tasks, homework, homeworks? I have my chart and oh. and because this was my favorite week of the month, which is... The new beginning month. of the month. The it's end of month finances. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to do my end of month finances. Mm. And um, y'all got to see my chart when I first created it last month. Mm. But it is even more, it's more beautiful now. <gasps> wow. Okay, it has my projections so, <laughs> for next month too. So it's more dramatic than it really is. But Julie likes to be better than all of us. And <laughs> Julie, makes I feel like extremely like beautiful fancy really chart. Q with is the evolution of a spreadsheet. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Because you like you get you start it out and you're like, oh, this is pretty good. And then you're like, ooh, but there's these new formulas and <laughs> other things I want to calculate. And like, I don't know, the evolution of a spreadsheet. It's very does. beautiful. It just happened to me with um my pay time off tracker just got very much more detailed and complex and it just felt it struck me somewhere today and i was like that felt nice (laughs) and for a low subscription cost of $3.99 a month you can have access to these trackers (laughs) um i did write down i don't remember if we talked about this or not we talked about potential podcast episodes but um for the love of spreadsheets should be an episode and then whatever the opposite of that is yes 100%. As a non-spreadsheeter myself, except when it comes to my movie watching, um, I'll happily (laughs) do the the other one. To be fair, I think your movie spreadsheet maybe makes you like the queen of spreadsheets because that's like the longest running consistently updated spreadsheet probably any one of us has. I don't know if that's true. It is over five years old, though. I think it's probably true. Maggie, do you have a spreadsheet, same spreadsheet that you've been using for five years? Mine's about three years old. Mm. Oh, that does make me feel superior. So <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I had to zoom out and read all of the. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, don't don't zoom in and read the things. Like, yeah, I, had, I had to figure out what all the lines meant. <laughs> the important ah! part to notice is that everything went like this, and then they converged, and now they have crossed over. Net worth minus more. I see what we're doing here. Yeah, you can see all of the ways I am calculating net worth. (laughs) No, that's so amazing. So what are the ways you calculate your net worth? So it's like the net worth, including my mortgage debt. Mm -hmm. And then with the um, estimated equity of our house Mm -hmm. added back in, that's a second way. And then there's net worth completely disregarding that, I think. Disregarding the house at all? Disregarding the house at all. Yeah. So those are the three ways I do mine too. Mm-hmm. And then I started the the new line I added this week was um, my like investment cash on hand. Mm-hmm. So this is cash in excess of like, because each month I set aside our personal budget for the month. Mm-hmm. And then each of our businesses has a reserve that we try to keep in the account. And then whatever the excess is gets moved into savings and we have like a savings emergency reserve and then an account that's like um, 
the savings we're putting aside to pay off any 0% interest credit cards. Mm -hmm. And now there's going to be one for the cash above and beyond that. Yay. So like this is actual investment money. So are you what are percentage of your income are you putting into your cash on hand? It changes every month because our income changes every month, but I also like I can show you guys the spreadsheet at some point if you want, but I also have it calculating our savings rate each mm -hmm. month based wow. on how much gets moved over. That's Do awesome. you try to like have a certain percentage of your paycheck that you put in like 20% or you just kind of look at how much you earn that month and then decide? Yeah, it's too hard because over the course of the year, like right now, it's a really good earning season for mm -hmm. both Zach and I. And the winter usually is much lower, at least for his, although with the way that real estate is this year, who knows? Because everything just kind of got pushed. Nothing slowed down yet. Right. Um, so it's like at least if we can clear every month the reserve and always keep that in there, then just everything else moves over. Yeah. I have a lot of similar but slightly different ways of doing my spreadsheet as you do, Julie. I don't have a projection graphed out like that, but I do track my like easily. So I don't keep my cash on hand in cash i keep it in an investment um but one that i can easily like within a few days turn into cash you have to tell me more about whatever that because that's where i was hung up these past two weeks is like where where do you, what what in mine's company stocks so but Betterment. Get me in there. Maggie <laughs> has a real person job. Uh, we talked about Betterment though, right? Yeah, I I made an account with Betterment and with Vanguard and because I can't figure out which one's better because Betterment charges a fee. That's much, right, much higher. Right, but if you do the tax loss harvesting. The, the what? What is, what, what? <laughs> you got to read, harvesting? you got to read the articles we okay. said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, like well, everyone listening I, to this, I don't read. You're going to tell me. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to butcher the explanation and don't want to be recorded butchering. You did a great job explanation of it. tax loss, tax loss harvesting, but it's um, it sounds really graphic. Yeah. So whenever you're, say you have two index funds, mm -hmm. and what are index funds again. All right. Say you have <laughs> say you have some stocks. So when you gain money on your stocks, you pay money on the gains, and then if you lose money, you can deduct the losses. So what tax loss harvesting does is it finds stocks within your portfolio and automatically moves them around for you uh, to like avoid maximize loss. the efficiency of Got the it. taxes you pay. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. And, um, you think and Betterment does that automatically for you. Yeah. But you do you, you pay a fee? So there's a fee, a fee, but most of the reading I've done on it, and I think there's probably uh, other articles I should read, but... Most people who do it are people who graph out this shit because they like are anal attentive like me and they're all like, you make back more than what you would on the fees. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I Yeah. I was looking into it and I just wasn't sure if I make, if I have enough money going into my investment account to make up for that fee loss. But I think- Over time- out compound interest yeah once i'm rich <laughs> but yeah so i made a betterment account um sorry i totally interrupted you you have company stocks you're you're not interested in sharing that with me <laughs> go on i would love to share that <laughs> with you if i could um but i was just saying that that's my like quote-unquote cash on hand is cool so how much do, do you have like an emergency fund that's just cash in a bank yes and do you, okay but i keep that pretty low which is like when we were talking about our emergency fund like fuck you money i said three months but that's because i have the safety net of right. knowing that i could have more right. there's a super emergency fund yeah there's a there's an extra there's emergency levels. fund which is my investment potential investment money yeah. for a, a new real estate but if shit goes down the drain then that plan gets scratched and it's my emergency fund mm -hmm. cool interesting I haven't had to think about where to put the investment cash on hand yet because it doesn't exist until the projections that come through next. Month. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, For what? now, I was just going to. It doesn't come them. through until December eighteenth <laughs> at six oh seven p.m. <laughs> well, and also because um, 
like we're probably going to move it into real estate so quickly once yeah. it builds that I'm probably not going to move it into anything that makes it harder to access. Yeah. So is your main strategy then going with real estate as your profit? Yes, because yes, because of the tax advantages that Leverage. yeah, that we get like being able to write off a lot of my income taxes because of Zach's work. There's it makes no sense to do anything else with it. Once once the portfolio is secured and then it starts just bringing in money, once things are paid off, then all of that will go into retirement funds. So mine's not entirely real estate, but but that's because I get work benefits like a 401k and employee stocks and stuff like that. So since they are contract workers and don't get that stuff automatically, like, so I guess that's just to say everyone's situation would probably be different. But I love the idea of investing in real estate. Mine's just like a bit of a slower moving train because I'm also moving stuff into other places. One thing I did um, write down for the like main concepts for your money or life, she talks about the different ways, like types of ways that people make money, like the three main ones, which is index funds, active investors, and real estate. So I wrote that down. <laughs> and I was like, Taylor, you should Google what index funds means later. Yeah. So, so go back to the Simple yes. Path to Wealth book <laughs> summary that you were listening to. <laughs> Yeah, it's he also said something funds. about these index funds. It's, the entire <laughs> book is about important. almost exclusively seem, index funds. Yeah, <laughs> they seem important to he, a lot of people. <laughs> he's very cool, and well, he's very much my speed because index funds is his form of investing over real estate. Um, and he doesn't say like don't do real estate, but he certainly doesn't push it in any way. Yeah, he um, definitely seems more of an investor guy. Yeah, but not an active investor, like not. Don't try to play this stuff. Right, right. Um, Which is a whole job on its own. Like when my dad was um, started that investment club, all of the guys that were in that club were just full time, like already millionaires. And literally their full time job was just sit around and watch stocks and like talk about what stocks to invest in. It was gambling for them. It's been gambling. It was like entertainment. It was low risk. Totally. Yeah. It's interesting, which seems like a lot of fun, honestly. Like, that seems like the most fun is to be like, what stock can I buy that's just going to make me a billion dollars? <laughs> just go to Vegas. Yeah, that worked out so well for you. <laughs> I actually, I, I got a, I want a bunch of money in Vegas. I just so happened to spend it all. <laughs> so it was like a neutral experience overall. I thoroughly enjoyed I would count it as a positive experience because we, I mean, we spent some of my winnings Vegas on network. going to a show, buying dinner, got a bunch of fancy cocktails, gambled a bunch more. Like all of those things I wouldn't have done had I not ever been up in the money. So I count it as a win, double win. Yeah. I mean, I didn't come home with any cash, but I certainly had a good time. Did you, but did you lose any cash? Well, I, when I went, I was like, I'm going to use $300 nice to gamble. Yeah. And so once I was down $300, that was my cutoff point. Very smart. Yeah. I can't. And I was there for a week. So I feel like I was pretty good. That's really impressive. For sure. I can't wait for the Maggie Goes to Vegas episode. Mm, <laughs> yes. Well, no, you're specifically not allowed to talk about the things that happen in Vegas on public podcasts. There's, there's a whole oh. rule about it. Oh. No, actually, I was mm. pretty tame. It was just me and Ketra. It was just like getting drunk and gambling. That's pretty much it. We'll just get the financial, you know, map. Oh, I have not. <laughs> ooh, I have not done that math. I don't think I want to go back and look at it. The opening it is Maggie be. crying. <laughs> I, I, I do know it was... A lot, but uh, we stayed in some really nice places and went to, I think, every show that we wanted to go to and ate any food we wanted to eat. So it was that just, sounds like a lovely vacation. It was very expensive, but yes. <laughs> um, I guess we could talk about our different, should we talk about like our different? Yeah. Like, situ- like what our goals are because I know based off like our jobs and everything that affects it you know because like I we're more freelance well we're more freelance based y'all are more like full-time employee based so that I think also affects like how we look at our finances and things like that but um, I yeah. can start if yeah, you want you okay <laughs> okay so this is Becca talking um, so okay here's my situation um, 
I am a full-time employee. I'm a massage therapist. I'm a full-time employee, but then I'm also a contractor because I teach yoga part-time and I own my own massage business. Um, so whatever, I'm an, I'm a CEO. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so my taxes, I have yet to do them correctly. Um, so I'm still learning that. But um, also what makes me a little different from the other folks in this group is that I don't have any assets. I don't own a home. Um, yeah, I don't have assets. Uh, so, And I also don't have an investment portfolio, which is the big change I want to make now. So what I do have is um, no debt and a positive net worth. My net worth is roughly... I've got like 2700 in retirement uh, and then I've got about uh, I've got about 87 grand cash. Um, nice bet. What? <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> that is insane. I should be charging you way more for rent. <laughs> uh, my only comment on that is why <laughs> cash? But Exactly. Yeah. So my big <laughs> financial mistake um is that i have had a lot of fear around like a very scarcity mindset around money which has been really positive um in some ways because it's led to this like um like big liquid cash asset but really negative because all of that money could have been making money for the past decade um and instead it's been making you know eight dollars a month in my money market account in my bank um so I really want to make a big change as far as investment goes so that I can make that money work for me. Um, but just to like toot your horn a little more, you worked your ass off for decades and saved all of that and lived within your means, which is extremely hard to do for most people like myself who have no financial knowledge well, um, or intelligence when it comes to what they so, spend. And yeah, also- I mean, I agree with Taylor. It is very impressive. I'm very impressed. Yeah, Good and job. you and you didn't live in a basement this whole time. Yeah, like or deprive you, yourself. Yeah, I mean, there was that great Parisian life. dungeon you stayed just, in. That was once. a week. Okay. Yeah, this thing too is that you've also managed. It's not like you're you're just like working and not living your life and not enjoying your life. Like you've saved that money, lived within your means, and traveled the world. You just you've done it in a smart way where you've been able to like plan financially for that and not spend too much. So you've like been able to do everything you've wanted to do. <laughs> Thank you. Everyone's it's possible. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... give the viewer, give the listeners hope. <laughs> yeah, definitely, it's all possible. Like, but a lot of that, like, and I'm not saying this just to like sound negative, but a lot of that did come from a scarcity mindset. Like, I always behaved as if I had no money um, because I thought that was the only safe way to live. So I didn't. I mean, I didn't totally deprive myself, and I had a long history in my mid 20s of quitting jobs and traveling, which was lovely. Um, and I was able to do it because of this little nest egg. Um, but now in my 30s, I just want to be a little smarter. And I thought I was really planning to buy a house this year. Um, and that didn't happen. So now that we're learning, now that we've started doing this, this is our third time to meet up to talk about finances. Um, the more I read and the more I learn, the more I think that investments um, in index funds is probably the right thing for me and a general investment portfolio. Um for to like hold all my cash assets so yeah i also have an iud uh and (laughs) it's the marina and it is i have to get it replaced a week from today and i'm not stoked about that so we'll hear all about that next time (laughs) yeah that's gonna suck um that is amazing i cannot believe that is such a good um little nest egg you have there Yeah, that's incredible. I did the opposite of Becca, where I lived like I had money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Definitely had a good time. Um, Was making a lot of money living in New York and L.A. and spending more. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I blew through that uh, fat chunk of change and then spent more. And now I'm a slave to credit uh, credit owners. Whatever they're called, banks. What are those oh, banks? What are those overlords called <laughs> that demand more from me every month? <laughs> yeah, so I'm like in pretty bad debt right now. I would say like somewhere above twenty thousand dollars. Well, she just bought a house as well. That has nothing to do with my debt, for the record. 
It's just all spending money on dumb shit. But net worth. Um, yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, Taylor's going to calculate her net worth for the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. Let you us know. You know, I, I think I kind well, of calculated it, and it was just so minuscule that I didn't even want to. Here's the deal. What we what you need to realize is that if you sold your house, don't sell your house. If you sold your house, it would pay itself off mm-hmm. and it would pay off all of your debt. Mm-hmm. So you actually probably have positive net worth. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if my house has actually gained. It doesn't matter. You'd get the cash back out you put in mm. and that cash would flatten your. Yeah. So I just bought a house in April. But I mean, this is the thing, too, is like I'm not I'm definitely nowhere near financially independent. That is my goal. And I have it's absolutely what I'm trying to work towards. And I'm actually looking at my finances seriously for the first time in my life. But I am super privileged and for the most part have like completely had help from my parents, like many, you know, privileged white middle class people. Many millennials. Um, My my dad died at the beginning of the year and then I got. He had like a fucking hoard of gold in his like, <laughs> like literally gold that he was hiding in the house. Literal was, gold. Was literal your gold. Father? I took photos of what? gold coins, like me holding gold coins and doing like little like Instagram he videos left you of a it. Fucking treasure map. I know. That was <laughs> Huge missed he opportunity. Didn't think he was gonna die. So yeah. he that's that's fair. That's fair. Was uh, your father a dragon? <laughs> he was a leprechaun. Um, yeah. So. Uh, we used the money from that. Uh, I think it was like fifteen grand that he had in gold and silver, and so cash that bad boy in. And then my mom helped me make up. What was my down payment? Like thirty five thousand, I believe. Sounds about right. Because my house five percent or three and a half percent. Or did you do? No, I think it was thirty. It was thirty-seven because I did ten percent. My house is three seventy-five, so it was yeah thirty-seven thousand five hundred. So my mom gave me the, uh, the rest to put down towards the down payment. Um. So yeah, that's how I bought my house. Is I just mooched off my dead dad and my mom, um, and was able to do that. But I'm super thankful that I did because now I have this asset that at least like I have something to my name that I own. That's going to hopefully make me money and it's a super dope house i think you're not giving yourself enough credit too because you made that decision when you were you just recently upskilled for a new career and you were not full-time employed and we were in the middle of a global pandemic yeah it was terrifying (laughs) you didn't know exactly how the mortgage payments were gonna get paid once they get once they kicked in and your parent your mother was very clear she was not covering that yeah yeah so you yeah you put that well and you've like also done work on the house and made it better all by yourself included up to and including building a chicken coop and uh, also contribute. Yeah, Becca was a part of all of that, and I'm important. I feel like you're being very responsible now that you have this house. As far as the not living like you have a million dollars because you still have roommates and like you are on buy nothing and are responsible in those ways. Yeah, we'll be giving uh giving away giveaways throughout the season, and they will <laughs> all be from buy nothing. <laughs> I do love a good deal, which is hilarious because yes. I just never pay attention to how much money I spend. But um, it, it part of what she, uh, what was her name again? The your money or your life? Vicky Robin. Vicky Robin. The part of what she was saying was people are naturally very frugal, and I totally relate to that because I fucking love a good deal. Like I think I tell everyone what something costs. Like what I bought costs if they show any interest. I'm like, thank you. I got it at Goodwill for five dollars. Uh, but that doesn't translate into the amount of debt that I have somehow. Also, it's worth saying, I like how we're all just speaking up for each other. It's worth saying that Taylor has lived and worked in film uh, for, in New York City and L.A., like two of the most expensive cities in the country. So, like, I, I would love to interview people in those cities to see what their net worth is. <laughs> well, it's either very high or very low. Yeah, there's, yeah. like, no middle ground <laughs> there. Yeah, it's not built for financial success. Yes, it's, it's definitely – L.A. and New York is definitely keeping up with the Joneses. Joneses. You very much feel like you need to go out and experience – what's the point of living in those cities if you're just living, like, you know, frugally? 
Is that a word? Frugally? Yes. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. But yeah, it was not to my benefit now financially. But we're working on it. Mm-hmm. No shame. No. What's, what does she say over and over again in no the book? No blame. No shame. No blame. Well, and I, I, my family, too, is very much like in the mindset of don't ever get into debt. Like that's the dumbest thing you do is get into debt. And none of them have debt. And so I very much feel like the failure of the, of the group for getting into debt and being like, I don't know what happened. This is the safe space for that. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I even told my mom like yesterday she was talking about. So another thing is my mom every year is going to um, give me and my brother 15 grand as part of our inheritance instead of waiting till she dies. She's going to um, give up to 15 grand every year because it's tax free and her financial advisor like suggested it basically he was like yeah if you're going to give them the money anyways and you have enough to live like comfortably for the next 30 years and you might as well just give it to them now and I was like great nice uh that would be awesome because I could definitely use it now and hopefully not when I'm you know 70 or 80 when you eventually... oh it's so much more useful now right sure. exactly mm-hmm. and that that's a big argument I've been hearing too is like give yeah. your kids their inheritance in their 20s and 30s when they could actually use it and hopefully they won't need it in their 40s and 50s and you can all just like enjoy your lives and you yeah. can see them enjoy it. So um, luckily, my mom's very smart and good at her job and is a badass and makes enough- she's not like multimillion dollar rich, but she makes enough to like comfortably, you know, share the wealth. But also she has a financial advisor and she has a lot. She's made like a ton of money in the stock market just by like, I think, index funds and also active investing but it's like she pays someone else to do it for her but you know she paid we like should a, interview her we totally. should i told her i was like can you just oh, like, she tell me what to do and she was like i don't have time for that it's <laughs> <laughs> like god mom <laughs> i'm too busy rolling in the dough <laughs> if we promise her wine that true we should just bring like invite her over under the pretense of just having it's like a fun wine pleasure. and then we're like putting a mic in her face being like what did you do tell us seriously though she's she yeah. has her shit together yeah she does she's she's um she, well you know like a lot of people that have the money you hire someone to help you figure it out no one has all the answers that's for sure um but yeah anyway that's my situation that's this side of the couch julie how about you fill us in on your life story we're gonna need a whole episode for that <laughs> Um, Take us back to Canada. (laughs) (laughs) I was a wee lad. (laughs) It was a cold and snowy night. (laughs) My first dollar. (laughs) Ooh, can we talk about how each of us made our first dollar? Um, Like legitimate, not from chores with your parents or something. I believe my first paid job was working as a hockey referee. Which won't be surprising to anyone in Canada. That is you told me too Canadian. Oh, and it's it was so such Canadian. good money. It really spoils you for life because I think I was making about $20 an hour. What? What are they doing up there? That's crazy. Canada's but you, but you don't, you can only work so many hours in a week. What? That's only... even better. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pay you more if you work less. <laughs> but it was an amazing pay rate for being 13. That is bananas. That is, that's more than most like 30 year olds make right now. Seriously. That's crazy. So that's no, the no story of your financial that's situation. Oh my God. I thought that was, you were still your intro. I mean, I could talk about my first job like, too, I but I, d- I didn't want to interrupt. I didn't want to interrupt your introduction to your financial story. No, now I just need to know how everyone made their first dollar. So I'm sure my first dollar was probably like a lemonade stand or something like that. But my first job that I got was I was a veterinary technician, which is a fancy way of saying I cleaned up shit um, at the little veterinarian's office in the town we grew up in. And uh, I loved it, actually. I went before it was in high school. I went before school every day and took all the dogs out for a walk. Wow. And then gave them all their medicine and their food for the morning. And then all the rest of the staff of the vet's office would show up. And then when I got out of school, I would go back again and clean the whole office and then give all the animals their dinner and nighttime meds. And I did that 
uh, most of high school. Wow. Why are you so much better than us? <laughs> that is, that's just incredible work ethic. We all went to high school together, and yeah. Maggie together. is somehow better than the rest of us because she's way smarter. Def- definitely not. That is an extreme over-exaggeration of not, someone who has gotten not. a little bit lucky several times in a row. <laughs> so, Julie... Oh, wait, no. Becca, <laughs> Taylor, what were your first jobs? Um, I definitely babysat. I remember I was 11, and I babysat like a four-year-old and that's like isn't that insane to yeah. think about like someone and, just trusted an 11 year old yeah. child and i remember distinctly and this is 11 year old becca realized this you can hear scarcity mindset i w- babysat for seven hours and they gave me a 20 dollar bill <laughs> to pay what? for that and even 11 year old me was like this is bullshit yeah like this isn't uh, first off I, I had a lot of liability being an eleven-year-old <laughs> watching your toddler. True. What were they doing for like seventeen hours? They like went. So I think I went over there after school, like three p.m., and they were out till like ten or something like that. But like, can you imagine? They, they I just cannot their child. imagine leaving my teeny tiny baby with another baby. Yeah, with an eleven-year-old, no. Yeah, I who think like after is four years, of the dark. though. <laughs> but like after four years of being a parent, I think you're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, please just take it. Yeah, like, you seem take the baby, please. Um, anyone can have this child. <laughs> I think the cost benefit there almost would have had you in the street with like a protest sign, like "Mother should get paid." A hundred percent. And I also babysat three-year-old triplets when I was in junior high. That's insane. that's not possible. You could not yeah. pay me to do that. No, you couldn't now. (laughs) I just remembered a fun fact that you guys will appreciate about my first job, which will make you retract your previous statement. (laughs) Maggie's Um, trying to the entirety of the time that I worked that job. I had given them the wrong social security number, (laughs) and they never checked it. So I was paying taxes for someone else presumably because oh, or man. whatever i think i looked it up and like that social security number just actually doesn't exist but i worked for many years with an, not a real social security number <laughs> so you and i never they the told me they were like you need to write a letter to the irs and like correct the situation and i was like 18 and i was like fucking no like no. y'all this never is a perfect that. example of liberals taking advantage of the system <laughs> <laughs> So I under the table cleaned up shit for like four years. Um, Taylor, what was your first dollar? Um, My first dollar was also babysitting uh, when I lived in Belgium for three years. I babysat with two other girls. We made little flyers and we posted them up all over the schools. And we had the little tearaways where you could call us. And I think we even had a name. I think we came up with like a babysitting trio name. Mm. Um, And yeah, like a ton of people called us. We had like pretty good. Like I felt like we had a little business going for a while. Um, I don't remember what we charged though. I think it was like 10 euros an hour or something for all three of us. It was super cheap. But I think the added benefit was like, even though we were, you know, 11 and 12, we, there was three of us. So it's like, yeah, at least there's three yeah, of them. Yeah, a couple get taken. You're still <laughs> right, right. Uh, but it was really cool, though, because I, I so I went to an international school and there were a lot of, you know, ambassadors and people that went to school with us. And so we stayed in some really awesome houses and we just like watched TV and like hung out in these rich people's houses and felt very cool. But um, yeah, that was the I remember watching uh butch casting the sundance kid in one of like they had the dvd of it and that was the first time i watched that movie and it's still a great movie but i have a very distinct memory of watching that when i should have been babysitting that sounds rad yeah (laughs) yeah it was good times it's good times Julie, will you tell us about your financial situation? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, she's, she's trying to avoid I, I needed No, I needed that Julie little break deflects. to try to figure out where I was at on that. Um, so right now, I'm feeling better about mine and my husband's financial situation than we've felt about it probably in five years. Um, so we managed to rack up quite a lot of credit card debt at a certain point a few years ago. And it got to the point where it was just so much that even just holding the monthly minimums was probably more than most people's mortgage payments. Um, And luckily, we're both relatively high income earners, but it's just so, so hard to dig yourself out of that. So we finally sort of hit that acceleration point 
where almost all the credit card debt is gone. We have no interest-bearing credit card debt left. Um, The last bit we have left is on 0%, so that'll all get paid off this next year as they come due. And I think as of this month's spreadsheet, we have about, um, I think we're only like $5,000 short of having all the cash already set aside to pay all of the credit card debt. That's That's amazing. Truly insane. (laughs) Considering like... You how when, at what point did you sit down and you're like, okay, we need to do something about this and actually made a plan to the point where you're like at now? I, I just want to say that I imagine that conversation just being both of them sitting next to each other, just being like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> screaming. Well, so part of the Simpson style. <laughs> Part of the reason it got that bad was by not having the conversation when it was happening because we both knew it was happening and we didn't want to have the conversation. So we didn't change our behavior fast enough. Right. Um, And then some of the income dropped there for a bit because of some career changes that we were going through. And um, so then it was just like, hold on. And we've got enough going on. We don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And it took like the finances, like the income side, just improving so much that all of a sudden we thought there was like hope on the horizon. And that was last year sometimes. So we started having those conversations, started just funneling more cash to paying that off. And then we didn't really start, really start watching our finances and tracking everything until earlier this year. That's, that is wild. crazy that you were able mm-hmm. to do that in less than a year. Yeah. Basically. It was more than a year, but for the last, like once it had already started, mm-hmm. but like how mu- how quickly it accelerated the last like five to seven months mm-hmm. is crazy. And then looking at it, it makes sense because if we were paying that much in minimums before, just being able to funnel that straight into yeah. mm-hmm. principal and not minimums dropped the credit card debt a lot. So I'm very excited because my mine and my husband's big goal the next five years is to really secure... Um, like a four or five property investment portfolio that we're then going to develop in the future. So it'll hopefully have like two properties on each one, two units on each property. And then that will basically be our retirement. So we want to secure that now while we have these high income years. It's a little tricky for us with financing because we're both self-employed. But I think we'll be able to manage it and... Just having that done will feel so good. So then we can just focus on um, keeping that going. Yeah. Cool. That's where we're at. And it finally seems possible. There's another little disaster that's sort of looming in the background that has to do with taxes. Should I get into it? Yeah. people. The people mm-hmm. want to know. <laughs> people want to know about tax disasters, for sure. Everyone wants to know It's very that, hot so. right now. <laughs> in addition, so when you are self-employed, you pay um, twice- the amount of well you pay self-employment taxes so it's a it's a bit of extra tax on top of the income tax and um we got quite behind on those for a few years initially of our own fault because the credit card minimums were so high that we weren't putting aside our money for taxes but then also our accountant um went through a divorce and then got flooded in harvey And then, oh, the pandemic happened too. And I think there was something else in there that happened to her that I can't even remember. And so she also just stopped getting to our stuff. And we kind of let that slide for a few years because we knew we didn't have the money to pay for it. And so now we are are so close to getting that remedied, um, but she's having to fit like doing four or five years of our taxes in with all of the rest of her clients. So once that's done... (laughs) How does she tell you every year, like, hey, <laughs> I'm going through a really, I'm going through a really bad breakup, and I just like can't get, I can't even look at your taxes. It's just too depressing. Uh, yeah, luckily I'm not the one who corresponds with the accountant, so that's all Zach. I actually blame him a little on this front. <laughs> In in his effort to protect me from the stress of things, Aww. he just sometimes lets yeah. things slide oh, and baby, doesn't tell me. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. We're too don't, rich. Don't worry. We filed extensions. <laughs> um, 
So yes, I'm very excited. Uh, big win this year is that we have already set aside all of our taxes for 2020. Mm, that is amazing. It's a big win. It's That's a big amazing. win. It is really sad to log into your bank account, though, and be like, oh, the biggest account in my bank because mm-hmm. I have like the personal and the mm-hmm. business accounts and the one with the most cash of course is the one reserved for the government I feel like that takes a significant amount of discipline like I feel very lucky in that I have a w-2 paying job and my taxes are just automatically done because otherwise if I saw that amount of money it'd be like let's oh yeah spend it I don't know I'm still yeah, exactly pretending that I don't have to pay taxes next year on my freelance work um, Learn I from have, Julie. You do. I we need to sit down. down. What, can I get your <laughs> financial advisor who doesn't do them? And then I can like, come here. Uh, you'd be like, I don't know. She's crazy. She's not doing it. Um, we definitely need to sit down and make a spreadsheet. Yes. Well, I don't even you. know. Like, to get an idea of what I need it might to, that be. this is that is step number one is to just figure out how much I'm even going to owe because I've been too scared to even think about it. Learn um, from my mistakes. Yeah. Because like, so I just started this you know, doing design work as UX designer. And it's like, oh, it's great money. Look at all this money I have. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to pay off some of my credit cards with it. And uh, then I'm like, oh, but I have to pay taxes on all of this. So really, it's not as much as I think it is. Yeah, but you write all that stuff off. All your new computer that you have to use for work. I know, but then I have to sit down and like go through every single thing I spend money on, which sounds just absolutely terrible. Your money or your life. Uh, can it be my life (laughs) can i just kill myself it is your life i know you haven't read the book yet that's the punchline i it is your life (laughs) listen i listened to a one-hour podcast about it i've got the gist um yeah that is something that is on my to-do list for this year is to actually figure out how much I'm going to owe next year. I really thought you were going to say read your money. <laughs> no. My like, list yeah, for the year. By you January. know what? I think it's a great book. I'm probably never going to read it. Uh, I did buy the audiobook though, for a simple fact. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. that was the yeah. book we were supposed to read. Uh, Just in case you're wondering, you have exactly 60 days left in God. the year. <laughs> Damn it. I got to learn how to do business. We need to talk about business taxes. I still don't know how to do them. We're going to just have a little weekend party. Saturday tax session. Even though um, I don't know much about it, I would love to learn what you guys research. No, no, no. We're definitely going to have an expert on to talk about it. Ah. It's not going to be me. (laughs) We're just just (laughs) going to guess what we've done. What are taxes? We're just straight up reading Alphabetopedia. Well, it says here. Let me tell you the one thing Ooh, not to do. Do like not yeah. Do not buy business stuff with your personal account. Do not buy personal stuff with your business account. Okay, Maggie. Maggie, hit us. <laughs> yeah, I've been pondering like how to tell my story this whole time and I'm not entirely sure. Um I got a, a reasonable job at some point in my life that I had worked really hard to get, and then I worked that job 80 to 90 hours a week and it was very hard and stressful and emotionally draining. And I did that for about two and a half years and then decided that I didn't want to do that anymore. So I had, I don't know, maybe fifteen to $20,000 that I had saved from my job. And then I quit and I took a year off and I was homeless and I traveled Europe and I traveled Asia and I didn't care about money and I had a great time. And then I came home, still homeless, back to my hometown, I guess, and was like, man, I'm never getting a job again. This has been great. (laughs) (laughs) This has been such a good time. (laughs) Um, So I tried really hard to do that and didn't succeed with the no job plan. It's a hard plan. It is a, it is a hard plan. I you managed it for a while. I did manage for quite a while. Um, I was crashing on friends' couches and uh, dog sitting. I guess I didn't have no job. I was like pet sitting. And That's I think I Ubered like maybe one or two times just to see what that was like. And I was like, I don't like talking to people this much, what which is you- why I'm on this podcast. Um, Ubered. I was like driving. Oh around. yeah, no, I would, I would yeah, rather I didn't like it. light my car on fire than yeah. drive for Uber. Um, so like with the culmination of all of that, I I had this thought where it was like it was inevitable that I had had to go back to work, 
And then I got thinking really hard, like, oh, if I have to go back to work, I'm just going to get in this cycle where I work for two or three years and then get burnt out and then take a year off and blow all my money and then start back at zero over and over and over again, endless cycle for the rest of my life. And I don't want to do that anymore. So I started researching about finances and reading about how to get out of that pattern. And then I started work again and I don't work 90 hour weeks anymore and have just sort of enjoyed my job a lot more, which makes having a job a lot better. And since then, I've been saving money, and my good friends um, sitting on the couch over there, Julie, reminded me that when you have a well-paying job and a W-2, that's a good time to invest in property, and investing in property is a good way to get out of the cycle I was trying to break. So I bought a house, and sort of before I even knew what the term house hacking was, uh, house hacked it and live in the back, and most of my mortgage is paid for by my tenants, and now I just sort of ride that wave. And as far as my goals go, is to, I guess, make that wave as big as possible so that I can just travel the world for the rest of my life and not have to go back into the cycle of working and quitting and working and quitting. But I definitely had some huge credit card debt at some point, um, culminated in my year and a half of homelessness, and it's amazing world travel (laughs) yeah and then um once i started to get caught up on my credit card debt is when i bought the house and then i went back into credit card debt sort of because of that i did a big remodel which i didn't have the cash to do so i did it on credit which don't do that but i did that and so i actually just got out of credit card debt uh last month actually amazing Yes. And now I'm saving, um, I don't think you told us your net worth, Julie, but mine, if you calculate in my house uh, mortgage, I have negative $200,000 in net worth. Beautiful. Wait, but I that doesn't- I do the house mortgage. Does that include the equity? That includes equity back in, yeah. Okay. So if you don't account for my house at all, probably closer to $80,000. So I think because I've had my house longer, um, mine's actually not too bad. Keep talking for a minute. I'm going to find it. Oh, yeah. So I accidentally house hacked, which was great, but it was just because I realized I couldn't afford the mortgage without doing that. And then there's a real estate thing you can do called Burr, which Julie will have to help me. It's buy, remodel rent refinance and repeat and repeat oh so it's um i haven't done yeah (laughs) i haven't done the last r just yet but i i also without having any real estate knowledge sort of accidentally just did that on my house because the house was so bad it had to be remodeled Mm -hmm. and then i couldn't afford it so i had to rent it and then uh my mortgage was still really high so i had to refinance it so (laughs) I like just sort of stumbled into that fun little trick of a real estate game by necessity. I'm going to need to recheck my spreadsheet, but I think that my net worth, including the equity we have in our house, is actually negative 15,000. What? Amazing. That's amazing. But this will change dramatically when the tax bill comes due because we were going to we're going to pay that out of refinancing our house. So I'm going to take some of the equity out of the house to clear all of the tax debt. So I will lose some of that. But still. That's still pretty That's great. awesome. To have enough equity to clear the credit card debt or the uh, the tax debt makes me yeah. very happy. Yeah. That's, awesome. That's amazing. Woohoo. What did it? What's everyone's birth control? <laughs> oh, yeah. We didn't all do that. <laughs> Look, I don't want to push this too hard. <laughs> on a related note. Uh, I just feel weird that mm. I shared it. <laughs> I am. We gotta get to the bad part of <laughs> vaginas. It is vaginas. <clears throat> True, we do have to talk about our vaginas. It is required. It's my favorite. Um, our biggest money maker. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, for being honest, uh, I also have an IUD, which I don't know when I got it put in. I don't remember, but I'm pretty that's, sure that's was... a fucking blessing. I've heard that's very traumatic. 
Uh, it is. It, I do remember it being very painful. She blocked it out. That's why she doesn't remember the I exact think, I think it was. No, now I'm starting to remember that I'm talking about it. It was <laughs> about like two years ago. It's, I'm getting a flashback. It was about two years ago. I remember waking up in the middle of the night just like sobbing uncontrollably. Aww. But it wasn't like a, I didn't want to cry. You know, I was like trying to fight it. But it was just in so much pain. It felt like someone was literally stabbing me from the inside. Yeah. Um that I was and then I was like <gasps> like why why should we put our you know like why should we have to put our bodies through this is bullshit kind of it's a great question yeah yeah we're the ones that are concerned about the, the children um, and not having them copper Men don't seem to be too concerned <laughs> copper or hormonal I have copper because hormonal I don't like putting hormones in my body it just fucks with me even more and i just can't control like how they're gonna affect me so but so after since then it's been fine like i i mean i have heavy heavier periods now but um it's and i have cramps now which i never had as when i was younger but um you know as far as like horror stories go it's not as bad as other people's it's pretty standard middle of the road iud experience I also have a copper IUD, which I landed on after three terrible years on Depo, um, which started out great because, you know, any of my ladies out there with the terrible, terrible periods, the only thing we dream of is for them to not exist. Mm -hmm. And so I got on that. And Depo, is I'm, that the shot? That's the shot. So like every three months. I've heard it. And unfortunately, I didn't realize the side effects, like it was a slow onset and then it came on so fast that I didn't realize that's what it was. And so I spent three years on Depo. I had exceptional weight gain, like I think between like month six and month 18, I put on almost like 90 pounds. And then um, also crazy depression that I didn't realize I had until I had gone off of Depo. Um, terrible, terrible time for my husband. <laughs> um, but so I went to the copper IUD because of the hormones and unfortunately mine is also probably due because I think it's been about 10 years so I also am going to have to have that lovely appointment Becca's not looking forward to next week I could take both of y'all do a little dual IUD appointment I just keep checking the studies to be like can I keep it for 12 years I, I also, you, I, like, you know, scientific research has come out and it's actually a little longer. Mm -hmm. uh, my method of birth control is not sleeping with men. Mm. That is the best method. It done such a good really job. is. I don't I'm have, there's no, <laughs> I was about to say there's no hormones involved. There's a lot of hormones. <laughs> <laughs> They're just not necessarily no yours. Oral, orally or injection hormones involved. There's no um, which is uterine nice. implantation. No implantations, which is nice. Um, there's a lot of monetary benefits to not having to pay for birth control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will say it's interesting. All of us don't have children, so that is mm -hmm. that is a big difference in our finances. But hopefully some of the advice or the things we learned will still translate no matter what your budget is or what your income is. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, one of the biggest things I realized kind of recently, we've which we've been talking about with these meetings we've been having, but just the kind of mindset of, and I messaged y'all about this earlier last week, but the mindset of like labor versus owning like capital. And I never thought about it that way before when it came to earning money. I feel like so much of us just are live in the society where we're told to work. And that's how you earn all your money is working and your labor, uh, your time for your labor, which when you actually look at the people that make the most money in our culture and around the world, that is not the case. They do not make most of their money through their labor. 90% of their income is coming from investments or capital, owning businesses, like those types of ventures, which if you really think about that, like the way that we've been taught to just work, 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 and then, you know, maybe you'll be worth something is totally backwards. And it, it almost feels like a lie that they're feeding us because they just want people, they don't want people to know that there's other ways to earn money. And in The Simple Path to Wealth, 
they talk about how they uh, the, how they make it needlessly complicated to it, to learn investing. And that's designed that way on purpose. Like it's not that it's actually complicated. They're they're making it and they're building the rules to appear complicated to kind of prevent 90% of the people from even bothering to get involved. So to me, that's just telling like there is this other way that is so much, I don't want to say easier, but it's just like so obvious and most of us kind of ignore it. Because we're, we just like grow up assuming like, oh, I that's for smart people to figure out. Like we can't figure that out. That's like the Wall Street guys or that's like for businessmen to, wor- to worry about or to work on. But we can totally do that. Anyone can do that. We're all, if you have even a little bit of money, you can invest it and you can look at other paths to wealth other than just working your ass off and then dying. Yeah, no, don't want to do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't have the energy for it. Mm -mm. Especially as women, like, we do not, we are not valued for our financial prowess, so to speak. Just our vaginas. Just our vaginas. I guess I've seen in in my lifetime as well a lot of very, very hardworking people who weren't very educated on finance and I feel like deserve is maybe not the right word but don't deserve to be where they are now where they're like still working still don't know how they're going to retire and they've been working so hard totally whole time and that's because they didn't know and that's the lie right that we all believe is hardworking equates to more money and that's not true and I I always thought that that was the same thing especially when it comes to like you know, financial independence and financial intelligence, like knowing how to, you know, budget your balance and finances. I thought that hardworking, being hardworking equated to just naturally understanding more about money. And that is completely false. They're completely different things. You could be extremely hardworking and not know any. I have three jobs right now and I don't even have health insurance. You know what I mean? Like I work my ass off and I don't even have, I'm not and the way our system is set up right now, I'm not qualified or I'm not good enough to have health insurance because I don't have the right kind of job. Um, and also I have crippling debt because I don't know how to budget my finances, even though I'm bringing in a decent amount of money. Um, so, yeah, it's that's what we're trying to figure out. How to get our shit together. How to work less. Work less. Make more. Put out cash. Put out cash in. I did have some notes on that from last time. (laughs) Oh, it was literally that. Why put out when you can cash in? Yep. There you go, ladies. Dill do's and dill don'ts. We're going to make this as sexual Dill do invest. (laughs) Dill do vaccinate. Dill do not work too hard. (laughs) Dill do not. (laughs) Dill do not. (laughs) Yeah.